Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki C, and this is brought to you by the Connected Leaders Academy. I am super excited to be here. We have all week long long been celebrating our first top 50 interviews. So make sure you connect with those you to videos and connect with all our previous speakers, but we have an amazing guest today, which actually I interviewed back on Emilio and Daniela's co-author network show that they had back in June. I had the privilege of meeting this gentleman who has a huge heart. He is an amazing, phenomenal speaker and is doing amazing things. And I finally got him on my show. So we are going to welcome the amazing Michael Faber. How are you? Oh, amazing. It only took me like three months of begging for you to let me on your show. So I appreciate it. Was not begging, but we've been so busy because I know you have been just doing your thing with your um, all your amazing events and what you have going on with Unleash You Now, which we'll have you talk about. But let me just go quickly into your bio. Um, you are the founder and CEO of Unleash You Now. Michael Faber was has created one of the most supportive and impactful movements and communities in the growth world where they empower those that empower. They increase entrepreneur impact, influence, and come through messaging while building the foundation that can grow any business or movement all through the, the woo system. Is that what that is? Uh, he is blessed to speak to those that light this world up while hosting over a dozen events a year and speaking at dozen of others to impact billions, not thousands, not millions, but billions of people. So happy on finally. Um, so tell us a little bit about our experience when we first met and I first heard your story back in June. You probably don't remember. I don't know if I remember much, but I know your story was so impactful. Uh, I remember every single thing we said. That's how impactful you are to me. Um, that was a great, that was an amazing uh, intro. I always love the, when people get to the woo system. All right, that's always my favorite part. We're not part. questioning it, right? All right, everybody's like, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I don't want to be upset, right? <laughs> Woo! Um, it's just how excited we get. No, but uh, thank you for letting me be on and, and hang out with you. I really enjoy it. I love what you do. I love how you do it. Um, also, we're connected to a lot of the same people. Um, so when I see greatness around somebody a lot, I figure they're probably not bad themselves, right? Um, and uh, so thank you so much for letting me be here. Um, you, uh, my story is the one where I'm different is I didn't have to have it hard. I chose to. Right? Mm. I, I chose to do things very wrong. I did almost like every mistake you could do. I did. Um, and still we're here talking. And all that tells me is that any single person that's listening to this, no matter what you've done in your life, you can turn around and do whatever you want. Um, and I think that's one of the things I like to speak into people. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story and where you were at and when did that shift actually take place for you to be where you're at today? Uh, 
I don't care what you call it. You can call it God, tree, universe, dirt. Like, I don't care, right? Like, whatever you call it is your thing, right? I, I never get into the big debates about that. It doesn't matter. Um, we all have that thing. Whatever you call that thing is what you call it. Um, and for me, they'll say it'll whisper and it'll get louder and louder and louder until either you have your last chance, right, to either pay attention to it or something miserable is going to happen, right? And I have waited for that last time, every time, for a big shift to happen. Like, it was streaming in my face. Uh, I, was a, I was a rebellious and troubled youth. Um, I was intemperate in my anger. I didn't know how to communicate emotions or feelings um, or pain or hurt, but I wanted people to feel me. All right, so the only way I knew that I had to do that was you know, cause some mischief. And um, at 20 years old, facing 20 plus years in jail, it was it was funny earlier. Uh, we were listening to some, uh, somebody and they were like, I, I, ha I actually faced 30 months in jail. And uh, I was like, bro, I can't wait for you to hang out with some of the people that were coming up to this event we're going to here soon. Because one was facing like 34 years, another facing like 30 years, right? And then, then there was me facing uh, 20 plus. And um, in one week, I, was, I beat the case. I was facing 20 plus years. I got shot at and I found out I was going to be a dead. And that was one of those like screaming moments. Like if you don't change, something bad will happen, right? If you don't change, it'll change you. Pick, right? And so I thought that was like my big moment. Like I shift. Here we go. Now I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be here. And uh, it was to a degree, but also at the same point, um, I never went interior and dealt with the things I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, and I opened businesses, did well in some of them, didn't do well in some of them. Right? I'm not that business guy that's like, I never failed. All <laughs> I had was hits, right? Like there's a lot yeah. of people in the business space that try to preach business and they're like, all we do is win. I'm like, well, all right. I don't know if that's real, but I can tell you, I didn't, everything I did wasn't win, right? I lost a lot. That was okay. I learned a lot from it. And that's how we got here. But in 2011, um, uh, one of my best friends took his own life. And uh, that fake reality that I created shattered. And I was left with just a real raw me. And whew, that was depressing. And so I got into uh, pills and booze and was sitting on the beach with a gun in my mouth, wanted to end it. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm here. So clearly I didn't. Right. And um, that was the that was that was the last well, not the last. That was another big shift that sent us in this direction. And now we're here doing this years and years later. Wow. And I remember that story like it was yesterday when I first heard it. And it still gives me goosebumps. And I would like to, you to share a little bit of it because sometimes we do face um, some of these uh, adverse uh, experiences where we think that we can't come back from it. Um, so if you can, please just share, you know, this is the open um, this is the hot call. So we're honest, open and transparent about the, <laughs> about, you know, the traumas that we had to face and we still have to, you know, overcome them and still have to live life because we're, we're here to serve. So can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. Um, you know, anyone thinking about that, there's so, so many labels. Everybody wants to be, 
everybody has an identity, but we label everybody too. Labels we don't want, identities we pick, right? Like when we say we're an entrepreneur, we pick that identity. That's, we want that, right? That's why we hang around with entrepreneurs. We're in communities with entrepreneurs, right? Like that, that's our tribe. That's our identity. Um, labels is like addict, right? Um, ex-con, right? Like they, we label people to put people in, in sort of mind frames and boxes, right? And one of the big things, and uh, I got to give it up to one of my dudes, and only if you know Bobby Jones, he talks about this really well. It's that when, when I was younger, you, you were told if you got in trouble, your life was done. First time I got in trouble, I was 12, right? Like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> my life's over at 12. <laughs> Jesus, right? this is going to be a miserable existence. Right? Oh, wow. like, uh, all, so then all I can do is trouble. So I got really good at trouble. I was like, bet, this is going to be the rest of my life. So uh, might as well get really good at it. Um, and it really depends on who you ask or how you judge if I was good at it or not. Because I was in court so much that you would think I was really bad at it, actually. Right? Um, but you know, I was, I'm that classic every label, right? Like I failed third grade. I was labeled as dumb, right? I got in trouble in school. So I was la labeled as a trouble kid, right? The, the class clown, right? It's, it was label after label after label. And for a while I accepted the labels. I said they were me, right? I did it. So now I have to own this. But you don't have to own the labels other people give you. The, the day you're willing to drop the labels other people put on you and go by the identity in which you give yourself is the day you own your life. It took me like 30 years to do that. Mm -hmm. I hope you do it before me. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, my brother's one of the 22 that served the country. It took his own life. He did that when I was 10 years old. I didn't. Uh, men in my family, we weren't hurt. We were angry. Mm -hmm. Right. Because hurt isn't manly. Right. So we have to be men. Right. Yeah. And men were angry and we're gonna we're gonna fight, right? We're gonna we're gonna do destruction because that's manly. Right? What a messed up idea of being a man in my mind. Right? Like it's just like thank God I don't think that anymore. And um it really uh so so that was 10 to 20 was that was my that was my label and that was my identity, except for both. All right, so I just wanted people to feel my pain because I didn't know how to express it. And I wasn't willing to go through it. Yeah. Right, like one of the big things in our life too is the, the stuff we go through, we got to go through because we can't get through until we go through. Absolutely. Right? And so we get stuck in the crack. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to curse here because I'm a cursor. <laughs> no, um, keep it clean, but that was okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Phew. All right. Um, Jesse Cruz is going to be impressed with me. No, because uh, he yells at me all the time. Um, and then I, um, I was into drugs. Right? I was into party drugs when I was younger. I was into numbing drugs when I was older. But both were numbing. Because right? mm -hmm. you think you're trying to fill that hole. Yeah. Right? And it was because I wasn't willing to deal with it. So you think you're, you think you're filling something, but really you're numbing something. And the problem with numbing is it wears off. And then you yeah. have to numb again. And again. Mm. And again, right? And then you're like, I want to numb it more or longer. So what do you do? You do more, right? More drugs, more drinking, more whatever it is. Right? And and that was that was my life for a long, long time. And when I stopped doing it with reckless behavior, when I found out I was going to be a daughter, I just did it with entrepreneurship, business owning, right? I just was all in on that. I, I was I worked. I had a restaurant and bar. The first brick and mortar business I opened was a restaurant and bar. Before that, I did door to door sales. 
Uh, we had AM. I would go around and knock on doors and sell household collectibles and merchandise, patriotic stuff. It, I, I don't know how anyone ever bought from me. I would I think about if someone was doing this now, no one would ever buy from them. Like you have a magazine, you're like, hey, do you want any of this? I'll send it to your house. Like, what? <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> right? Like, so I'm always like, I don't know why anyone ever bought from me when I was going door to door, but also, like, I don't know if door to door is like, they'll say miserable things to you because you're on yeah. their doorstep. Right. <laughs> so I got called. I built really thick skin going door to door, right? Because yeah. people called me every name under the sun. I was like, all right, do you want this though? <laughs> Will you buy something? <laughs> wow. And wow. Um, so, I, so I had the, re- the beach bar and grill. And I was in that thing every morning at 10 a.m. And I would be there until 3 a.m. Every day for like five years, right? Four years. Every day. I had one day I did not do that. I took this girl that was uh, that worked at a restaurant across the street on a date one time. Before we got to where we were going, I got a call from the restaurant saying if I didn't get back there, the whole staff was walking out. Because, right? So I'm like, oh, bet. Awesome. Right? So uh, I got half a day, I always say. I got to drive. I drove 45 minutes and then drove back 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> but it was just filling it with things to, to numb, right? To things to take my attention away from the things I really needed to address to become the person I needed to be, to be able to do what I wanted to do, right? Or what I was meant to do, what my purpose or calling was. And then 2011, one of my best friends calls me. I'm hitting fake golf balls in my yard because I was really good at making money. Right? I spent so much time doing it. I better be good at it. If not, I'd be crazy to spend that much time. I'd, I'd be like a toothpick, not being able to eat or nothing. Right? If I spent that much time and didn't make anything from it. Right. Um, so I mean, I bought, I had the cars. I had very fly outfits. I know, I know some of the guys in this group, Jose, Emilio and them, they think they have the fly outfits. I had the fly outfits. I had matching floor suits with matching Timberlands, matching Kango hats. Every day in my white Cadillac Escalade with spinning rims, tinted windows, and six 12 subwoofers in the back, right? I was obnoxious. I was bright. I was loud. And my dad used to say when I was young, he would be like, yo, knock that off. Like, stop getting stuff like that. Because when something was about to pop off, you're the only one they see. Mm. Right? And then no lie, someone ran around the corner once, and there was a group of guys, and I was the one that got cut by his blade because he was. He, I was so bright. <laughs> he was like, his eyes naturally just went to me. We need to tone it down a little bit, right? <laughs> All right. I was just like, man, now now you see me. I'm like sweatshirt, hoodie, sweatpants every day. Sneakers. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're not going to notice me. I'm going to blend. Right? The only thing you're going to see that. is the red beard. You're going to think leprechaun. Right? <laughs> uh, but I'm hitting fake off balls in my yard. My buddy calls me saying he had a fight with his wife. I'm not even paying attention. I'm like, bro, happens all the time. Go home. All right? Next day, I get the call saying he's no longer with us. Man. That one destroyed me, right? All that I tried to hold down because we try to, when we don't deal with things, we try to compartmentalize them, put them in, put them in containers and yeah. stack them in us. The problem is they're just going to overflow. We get, we get full. It, it can't go any further. We can't hold any more in. Right? And that was me at that point because I, I was everything I said I was, I wasn't. I was a man's man. Right. Like I was, I was, I was when you wanted on your side. Right. What was I doing? I was hitting fake golf balls. Right. So then I get back into drugs. I'm thinking about to end it. I end up in Mobile, Alabama. No offense to Mobile, Alabama. I'm sure there's some really nice parts. I just wasn't in them. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? And and that was uh, that was kind of the transition to 
how can I serve people? How can I help people? Because before that, I was just help, trying to help myself and hurt people. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for shedding a light on that, because sometimes we go into this entrepreneur space thinking about the bottom line and we tend to forget what our real purpose and what our real calling is for and who we're here to serve. And it took that that experience that, you know, if you would probably just uh, answer the call, you know, and just talk to him a little bit more and holding that weight on yourself, but then really, you know, forgiving yourself after I don't know how long that took. And you'll share with us. Um, what was that shift for you? That was basically an eye opener, right? Um, where you're like, okay, I'm not who I said I'm, I am. Now, who am I and what I am going to set out to be? So share with us about that transition um, after that experience. Who, right? It started, I, I think sometimes I'm disappointing in the story that I say, right? Because everybody thinks like, it's that, right? That moment where it's like everything turned around, right? It's like the movie moment. We're here, right? And it's uh, what the movie does to condense a life into two hours. So I still had the life part. I didn't have a movie part, mm. right? So uh, at first I was like, everything I did, I was so selfish. It was all about me, right? And you ever lose somebody and be like, this is the exact amount of money they had in their bank account? Mm. Right? No, I, I never, like, and all the people I lost in my life, I was never like, how much they have in their bank account? Right? Now I really miss them. Right? Like, no one ever says that. Yeah. And for years and years and years, if something happened to me, that was my legacy, was what was in the account. Mm. Jesus, that's miserable. Right? And... <clears throat> I think we're here to give, right? Like we all have gifts. Yeah. Our gifts isn't for us, though. Our gifts is for us to give. Right? That, that's that's how we that's how we we impact back. That's how we give back. That's how that's how we help others grow. Right? It's not it's not for us to grow. Others' gifts are for other people's gifts is for us to grow. Our gifts for other people to grow. It's not for me. So until that point, I was just doing things for me. So I said, all right. A basketball coach once asked me when I was younger, "Anyone breathe easier because you existed?" Mm. And the answer at like thirty years old was no. Not crazy. Like my daughter saved my life twice. She impacted me more by eight years old than I impacted her. Right. And I'm like, what? Right. Like, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to be, but I got to do my part now. Right. And you, you said something that was, that uh, kind of hit me was <clears throat> we talk about the phases of this, right. And this, it, this was 12 years ago. And, I first started doing it. I didn't know how to help people. I just did manners, right? Like I held doors for people, right? Like I put people's shopping carts back, right? Like I wasn't really like the best. I was, I was doing very simple things that I thought were like, look at us. We're changing the world, right? I held the door for someone today at Wawa. And they're like, wow, Mike, you know, way to have manners, right? Like just way to be polite as a nice person, right? Like, I'm like it's a start, right? And I had no idea what the hell we were doing. The first time I ever, I, I went, when I came back after disappearing for a little while, I came back. I went to my one of my best friends' house, Alex McClure. So one of my best friends. I go, bro, we're going to change the world. He said, how high are you? I'm like, I'm not high. I'm very sober. Uh, we're going to change the world. And he was like, people like us don't change the world. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. He goes, how, do we, how are we going to change the world then, Mike? I said, one person at a time. All right? And I love learning. So I, have, I went to like every certification that you can go to for coaching or human behavior, right? Or even neuroscience to a degree, right? And in all my studies in school, or human behavior, 
right? In neuroscience. I'm a big nerd. I don't, I try to hide it by looking like I hunt squirrels in West Virginia, but I'm a big nerd, right? Like I study, I study all the time. I research all the time. I love it. So <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to all these things. And I'm like, Alex, come with me. Like, I'm going to show you what we can do. And I, we went to this place called Hollywood Diner. And I walk in, there's a guy sitting by himself at the counter, right? And I'm like, bet, he's the guy I'm going to go talk to. So I'm like, sir, my name is Michael Faber. I'm going to fix your biggest problem. Tell me what your biggest problem is and we'll solve it right now. No lie, this guy, without skipping a beat, while eating his eggs, looks at me and goes, you. And just keeps eating. And I'm like, you got it, sir. You have a great night. And I walked away. And I looked at Alex. I said, boom, one down. Right? Because his biggest problem was me and now I'm away from him. Right? So we, we solved the problem, right? Took it away. And I would build six, seven plus figure businesses. I would build them. And then I would destroy them. Then I would build them again. I would destroy them again. Right? And there's this like nasty thing of like, all right, I used to tell people, I can make you money. I cannot save you money. Don't ask me to do that. But if you want to make money, I can show you how to do that. Save money, I suck at. But make it, I got you, right? Like I just keep doing it. And I was in this certification program and I'm the guy that went to like college for 18 years and have zero degrees, right? My mom went to college for like 12 years and has two doctorates. I don't understand how that happened, but whatever, right? So I'm, I'm in the certification program and one of the things is like, you're a gremlin. What inside you is the biggest monster, right? Like, because if we're all being honest, our biggest problem in our life is us, right? I'm the biggest... You can, if you say another person, you're accepting that relationship or that part of it, right? Like if you say this other thing, you're accepting that thing, right? Like at the end of the day, it's us, right? Like if we're being truthful and owning, it's us, right? I'm my biggest problem. So it's what is the thing interior that is your biggest problem though, right? Because we know we are, what is it about us? And they call that your gremlin, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I make this, you have to make this thing that resembles your gremlin. I make a mirror. It's a person standing in front of a mirror and in the mirror is a monster looking back. And I'm like, that's me, right? Like I'm the person looking into the mirror and I see a monster, right? And everybody gets up and they talk about their gremlin and they're like, bet, good job, All right? And the next person comes up and they're like, great job, all right? I come up, I say it, they're like, no, I don't necessarily think you said it all. I'm like, what? <laughs> everybody else just said theirs and walked off. They're like, no, say it again, with, but mean it. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, all right, so I say it again. They're like, no, really, where does this stem from, right? And it, it was only like four or five years ago, right? Oh. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm back to this. I'm hurt. So I'm trying to resist going to anger, right? Because I want to be like, listen. I said what I said. It's over. Right. Like, um, it's, I did what everybody else did. I'm going to sit down. Right. And um, I'm like, all right. And they're like, Mike, what, what is the monster? And I'm like, Mike, there's so many people in my life that aren't here anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like my pops passed when I was younger. I, I dared a buddy of mine in high school to take a car. If you want to get to this party, stole a car, got in an accident on the way to the party and died. Right. So now I have, hurt and guilt, right? Like my brother, uh, one of the last things he did uh, before he passed, he took his own life, was uh, he took, he, he took a, he, he took a session with my dad for me. Mm. Um, I was kicking him underneath the table and my dad said, stop. He didn't know which one of us was kicking. So you always want to be the last one, right? Because then you mm. feel like you won. 
So we were going back and forth. And my dad said, stop. I did one more, like real quick one. Like, ah, got you. All right. Like I win. And uh, my brother said it was him. So my dad would, would, would have the conversation with him and not me. All right. I never even got to say thank you. Right. Just thank yeah. you for saving me from an ass whooping. All right. Like, <laughs> thank you for keeping my dad away from me for a minute. Right. Like I never got to have that conversation. So it's like, and then, and then my boy Carter, like, dude, that dude was like all American. Like he was, he was awesome. He was a great dude. Had, had a beautiful young son, right? Beautiful family, right? Just, just a good dude, right? He would, he would always be there for you. He cared, right? Like, and then he was gone and I was hitting fake golf balls, right? So my thing was, why would I be able to have this good life if they can't? I don't deserve this, right? I shouldn't have this because they can't have it, right? And, and, you know, now I'm crying like a big baby saying this, right? I'm just, I'm just crying like, unbelievably crying like people are trying to hand me tissues i'm like stop that like don't don't do, you're making it worse right mm-hmm. don't hand me the tissue let them just flow i have something yeah. in my eye let it go all right that is me yeah do not give me the stamp tissue right and uh don't ask <laughs> yeah right it's like, let it be for a minute all right let me be i'll bring it back and um uh to this day i keep trying to remind this guide, whatever the person was leading the class, what they said changed my existence, this business and everything we're trying to do forever. Cause they said something so simple that I never thought of. They said, if you don't do it, if you don't get it, how can they ever get it? Mm. And he said, a piece of you died with them, a piece of you died with them, but a piece of them lives in you. Mm. The way they can have this life now is if you go get it. And I was like, all right. Right. And all that was, was a different story Yeah, from the one I was telling myself and made the story I was saying not true or could be not true at least. And that's all I needed was opportunity. It's a chance. So, right. And, uh, and yeah, and since then we've been on a roll. Yes, you have. How inspiring. I mean, sometimes we take these losses and these things that happen in our life and we use it as a crutch to not move forward, but it's really our lesson to say to ourselves, this is even more reason why you should. And I love that he told you that each of them still live in you. Go do what you're supposed to do. And I am glad and honored that I am in community with you to see what you have been doing with Unleash You Now. And I know I asked you this back in June, but I'm going to ask you again. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> um. I was sitting around a table. Originally, the business was called CMF, uh, the business. When it was a business, it was called CMF. And that stood for Coach Mike Faber. And what I did was follow all the other models that were put in, you know, the Tony Robbins and Associates, right? the Eric Thomas and Associates, the John Maxwell team and John Maxwell, right? Like you go through them and all of them, it's them, uh, their name. What happens if something happens to them? Mm. Do people go and hear Chris Robinson, who's is the second? Like most people don't even know that dude exists. Right. All right. And my thing is, um, this had to be bigger than me. And it couldn't be about me. Because mm. it was about me that it's not about the people we serve. And that's what it has to be about. All right. So uh, we went from the business model to the movement model. All right. The mission, the mission model. And then it was like, all right, well, I want to, sh- we got to change the name. And it's, uh, we fired 80% of our clientele, bold move in business, wouldn't suggest it, but we had to because I had 
the worst clients ever because it was all just, you know, who could pay us when. And I was just like, this is a horrible thing. Like, I hated coming to work. Like, I literally tried to avoid working. And I love this. Like, I would try to avoid it. I wrote my own resignation letter to my own company. I, like, who was I resigning to? Right? Like, <laughs> it's like, it was like, <laughs> I handed this to the team. The team was like, do. it's something you can do. Right? Yeah. So just know that if you're not happy, you can switch it around every day. So that's all awesome. <laughs> right. Right. I had a resignation letter handed to the team. They were like, we have no idea what to do with this. Like, and uh, they waited a couple hours and they called me and they were like, yeah, we feel the same way. And I was like, oh my God, like, why didn't anyone say anything? They were like, everybody was scared. Right. And uh, so we're sitting around and um, guy was like, explain to me what, what you do. Like, what, like, what is it? Right. Like in a tangible way to understand. And I was like, uh, I'm like, you know how in, in, in certain families, there's things you're supposed to be or do. Right. And, you know, in like certain areas, there's certain things that you're supposed to be or do. And like in certain cultural uh, beliefs, there are things that you're supposed to do. And then, and then there's some, some religious beliefs. There's things that there's expectations of who you are and what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then society. Pff, right. Open social media. Look on TV. Right. There's things that we're supposed to be and do. And I'm like, oh, and, and then, oh, now let's forget the exterior. What about the interior? Oh, my God. All the stories we tell ourselves of why we can't do stuff. Uh, no, I have to be this. No, I have to do this. No, I have this. Right. Like I used to say, I can't take that risk. I have a kid. I'd be like, do only father, like do only like kidless people do things that change the world? Like what, what are you talking about? You can't because you have a kid. Like you're just making an excuse. Right. But it was like those stories we tell ourselves, you hit on something that's huge. You're brilliant, by the way. You, you like you say such low key, but brilliant things. Right. The the amount of time we're made to believe that our story is to hold us back rather than spring us forward. All the things we've been through is supposed to spring us forward, but we make it like it's supposed to hold us back. Our stories are superpower. The more shit you battled, that's a hell of a superpower, right? The more things you did, I, there's a reason why I'm like a weird quiet. I'm like not quiet, but quiet. you're like, all you do is talk. So you're not quiet at all. Uh, I'm trying to get a word in, right? <laughs> Nikki's like, shit. Uh, Nick, Nikki's like, I'm going to edit this thing and just slide in my words so like I get to say something. Right? Nope, um, we're gonna put it all raw. That's how I do. I know, but I love it. It's like I, I'm getting like I'm like, man, you talked for one minute, you said something so brilliant. I'm talking for ten minutes and nothing, right? <laughs> and it's stop using that story to hold us back and use it to spring you forward. That's the exact reason why you deserve and, and can get all this. That's the exact reason why you can conquer all your dreams. That's the exact reason why you're built a way to be able to achieve. It's because everything you went through and been through, everything you had to stare at and handle. Everything that you thought were going to break you. And, and hell, at times it probably did, right? That beat you down. Times where life stomped you into the ground. So I said, like, I've been beat up like crazy, right? I got like seven teeth left, right? Like, I've been beat up, right? And no one's ever hit me as hard as life. Rocky Balboa had it right. No one hit you as hard as life will. Mm -hmm. right? So I like, the physical pain is nothing compared to the emotional pain that we've all been through. And it was knowing that, all those things we used to hold us back, interior and exterior, unleashing from all of those, right? Mm -hmm. Taking all those chains and ropes off and just being willing to live your greatness, right? Because I believe all of us are here to create a piece of the puzzle, the masterpiece that we call life. And at the end, they're going to take all our puzzle pieces and put it together. And when we go, the next generation steps in, that's what they see. That's their art, right? That's our masterpiece. And we can't do that the way it's meant to be done 
if we're holding ourselves back for some BS labels that we put on ourselves or beliefs that we have or what outside whatever tells us, right? Like I, everything tells you I shouldn't be here, uh, but we're here. That's right. right. So it was unleash, unleash yourself. And then now was the thing from the tree. It was the best time to do this was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Like, let's do it. Like unleash yourself now, unleash you now. I love it. I love it. I love it. I loved it then. And I love it now. And what I love most about it is that there is the bondage and the change, just like you said, the excuses that we have to let go, tell our story. And there's no better time than to do it now. When I made my decision to leave corporate America and I did a one week off um, where I kind of, you know, uh, jumped into the entrepreneurship for just a week, seeing a huge opportunity to finally give myself permission to succeed. I took that leap of faith and it's all about doing it now. And when I sat at this very desk and signed in that Monday morning after I told my team I was going to do it, um, I also handed my resignation letter in. And I said, after God told me, you do not belong here anymore. You've done what you had to do. It's time to go and share your story with the world. And that's what I did ever since. And not having a game plan, not knowing what it was going to be, where the next uh, paycheck was going to come from. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because I knew I had something more to give and in only, you know, less than two years to be where I'm at today. And in only less than three months to hit 50 interviews with amazing people like Mike Faber and everyone that has been on, it has been absolutely transformational because these are the stories that I want people to hear. We don't have it good all the time, but we can, we can do it for ourselves and we have to just believe it and take that action. And your story inspired me so much that, you know, again, you talked about all your trials and everything that you've been through. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, the 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 long nights um, of, you know, just going through it and thinking it over and over and even having to tell your story over and over. But I think with every time we tell our story, there's more healing because we know we're helping other people see that there's more opportunity. So I want to absolutely thank you, Michael. You are absolutely amazing. Um, I can't wait to continue. I know you have um, some stuff going on. Uh, and I think we're heading to Delaware on the 28th of January. Are we doing that? Is that uh, Spencer? Yeah, that's for uh, Spencer Jones. Yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, will you be there as well? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm awesome. attending. Oh, yeah, that's my mom's birthday. So I got to see how I can take her as my plus one, um, even though I'm going to be back in Virginia. I think we're going to Virginia for Jose's Big Bash. Um, right. so super yep. excited. I'll see you there, too. Oh, awesome. So, um, yeah, it's been an absolute honor. Just the communities that we serve, the partnerships that are happening. I know you just partnered with AMA who, you know, I'm, you know, releasing my book in a couple days. Oh my God, I can't believe it's just eight days away. Uh, but Michael, let us know what do you have coming on for 2023 and how people can get a hold of you. Right. You scared me. I was like celebrating, celebrating. You're like, let them know. I was like, oh no. Um, the, by the way, congrats. Book coming out. All right. That's awesome. Huge. Big things. All right. Um, also, congrats. You were in a speaking competition and you rocked it. 
I was lucky enough to be a judge. You did an amazing job. All right. You, I'll, uh, you I'll be in the competition. Inspired. I'll be in the competition uh -oh. in January, too. I'm coming for the big uh -oh. one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Um, no, you're awesome. Thank you so much for letting me rock with you. Um, we, I mean, we have over a dozen events a year that are our own. Um, as you see, I go to a bunch of other people's events as well. I love it. Being in the room changes life. I don't even sell our, I don't even sell myself, like get in the room. I might not be your person, right? Like we, we all learn and get from different people at different times. I might not be the one for you, but get in the room in someone's room because the room changes lives. The room changed my life, right? The room changes lives. People pour into one another. It's a different experience, different energy, different vibration. Um, it changes the game for people and the connections you're going to build and the relationships you're going to have. Um, get in the room. You can always find me. I'm on every social media site, typically Michael Faber. I think on Instagram, I'm the coach Mike Faber. Um, my number's public. My email's public. When I say you're not alone, I mean it. You can find me or contact me any way you want. Let's have a conversation. You don't have to go at this alone. Find your community. Find your tribe. Life's different. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Michael. And I'm glad that you really said something powerful right now. And that's get in the room. If I did not get in the room May of 2022 at my first speaker competition, meeting Emilio and Daniela and joining all these other communities that came right after, like instantly in less than what, seven months? Uh, to have the growth of over 800 new uh, people that I can serve, that can serve me. And it is just mind blowing that when we think about networking, we're thinking about getting business cards and things like that. But none of these communities, not Unleash You Now, not CLA, not AMA is only about that. It's really about true, authentic community and relationships and when I asked God this year to send community, let me tell you that he sent it a button. He's like, you want people to serve? Here you go. And I was here with open arms. And I am just so honored and blessed to be in your presence, for you to be in mine. I've never met you in person, but I will be meeting you next week. And I can't wait to give you a big hug. Can't wait to, I've heard lots of things about your events. And I was sad that I couldn't make it to the last one. But trust me, keep me in mind. I definitely will be there. Um, uh, it, it's just going to be amazing with everything you have going on. And once this goes live and everyone sees it, just know that you need to connect uh, with Michael Faber. His number is public. Not a lot of coaches do that. You have to really dig for them. And when we say that we are truly here and you do not have to go at it alone, we absolutely mean it a hundred percent. Thank you so much for your time. Do you want to give us some final words, Michael? Uh, thank you again for having me. You're awesome. You do an amazing job at this and, and everything that you do. Uh, your reputation precedes you as being such a professional and on point. Um, and you lived up to it today, especially, um, just know you're worth it, right? Like the thing that sounds like a Spencer Jones line, <laughs> like, like, Life is going to be hard if you do everything or if you do nothing. There's going to be hard parts of life. Make it worth it. Live. Absolutely. And if you do nothing, you know to expect nothing. So it's just time to take action, to just move in that direction and make your story impactful to others because they need to hear 
whether little or small, when I went to that first event, I'm like, I'm just talking about business. People have been through some stuff. Am I even worthy of being in this room? I felt intimidated, Michael, for like a split second. But when you get in these communities, they tear that down. They tear that wall down for you. You don't even have to try to bring it down. They'll tear it down and say, no, you are worth every bit of it. And that's why I love all these communities. So thank you so much for your final words. Just in closing, if you're craving the next step in your personal and professional growth, if you're excited to level up your leadership influence, if you're dedicated to developing new skill sets and you love surrounding yourself, with servant leaders and driven entrepreneurs just like you, then CLA is the next best step. I am super excited for another amazing episode with my friend, Michael Faber. We'll see each other very soon. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And as I always say, make it count.